This is all just an advertisement for you to give them like $7 a month or whatever it is to see them, uh, I guess, without the bikini. My daddy may now make an announcement. I'm going to whack this stupid raccoon. I'm going to shove it. You are listening to the Bitterless Pill. I'm going to shove it and whack it until I get it to run, and I'm going to get it to run out the, the, uh, the gate. You are listening to The Bitterest Pill. Yeah, welcome to The Bitterest Pill. It's Dan Class. I'm in my garage. Uh, it's it's actually November of 2022. Yes, this, this is the first time I've come into my garage and sat down to do a recording since, I think, January of 2020, which is pretty sad. Uh, if you think about it for even a moment, we'll get it. We'll get into all that. We'll get it. We'll get into everything. But what a, this is a huge leap of faith for many reasons. Uh, not the least of which is I just went on the bitterspill.com to see what show number this would be. And it's uh, 378 if you're keeping track, which I clearly am not. But I went, I went to the bitterspill to check and I got some sort of crazy. I don't, basically, I've been hacked. I've been hacked. The bitter's pill has been hacked. The URL, or not even the URL. I think it's the um, the WordPress site. So I may have to call in the reinforcement. I basically, I may record this and not be able to get it out because the the website it is is a very important part of the process of getting the shows out. I can't. You know what I mean? It's not magic. We 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 don't just record and then push a button and you guys all get it. I mean, it's there's this whole thing, right? A whole a whole process that I'm honestly uh, not sure I remember. So wish me luck. Wish me luck in the remembering part, the execution part, the the uh, remembering part. Not just remembering how to do it, but to re- remembering that I've done it. Like I, there's a chance that I will record. For 45 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, and then completely forget I did it and uh, this won't go anywhere, right? And I don't want to – I don't want to talk too much about the process. I want to talk to you about – so for, first of all, a disclaimer. Obviously, for the last couple of years, there's been this big thing going on with, uh, you know, C-19. And, um, it, uh, you know, maybe it would have been good for my mental health to have – continued recording these shows and addressed things as they happened. And now we're a little bit, you know, according to the president, it's over, but obviously it's not over, but it's kind of over-ish. We've, we've reached a new uh, whatever we've reached, denial, I don't know. Um, but I was recently listening to the audio version of a book of essays by a, an essay writer whose career I have followed for many years. Maybe you have too. And his, his latest book dealt a lot with uh, COVID, with the COVID period, right? As as it would, if you're going to bring, if you're an essayist, right? And you're going to bring out a book now. Yeah, odds are good that when you were writing that book, uh, it was in the middle of COVID. And there was something about hearing stories about COVID now that I just was not into. So I'm going to try to not talk about it that much, or at least only talk about it a little bit. interspersed with other things because honestly it it was not a great time and uh let's move right let's move on and let's be a distraction maybe i don't know which leads me to like like where do i even uh begin so there okay i'll start with so one sunday 
I am sleeping late somehow. I don't remember when this was. It was a year or two ago by now. Um, I'm sleeping late on a Sunday and my wife and my daughter come into the bedroom and they're both very awake and they say, dad, there's a raccoon in the backyard. To which I say, oh, yeah, I mumble, mumble. That's kind of weird. Why would there be a raccoon in the backyard at, at eight or nine or 10, whatever time it was? Raccoons are nocturnal. Why the F would there be a, a, a raccoon in the backyard? But I don't care because what, what's going to happen? But then they say, no, no, no. We think it has rabies. Now, why you immediately think a raccoon has rabies? So it turns out they had Googled weird behaviors that this raccoon was exhibiting. So apparently the raccoon was super lethargic and it was just sitting under one of our trees. Right. And then and I witnessed this with my own eyes. Then it would start to chase its own tail at literally breakneck speeds. It would just round, 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 round for a long time. And then it would just stop. And they had Googled, hey, why would a raccoon chase his tail round, around, 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 round, and then stop? And why would they do that in the middle of the daytime? And why would they do that in my backyard? And what they kept coming up with was rabies. Now, think I can make a, a reasonable generalization that none of us want to get rabies. And I, for one, do not want a rabid raccoon in my backyard when especially the girls are freaking the F out. So uh, because I have male genitalia, it, it, it falls to me to get rid of a rabid raccoon. So we call, uh, what do you call it? You know, animal services, animal, whatever the city of Los Angeles. We live in Los Angeles, right? We're in the, we're under the flight path at international, uh, whatever it's called, right? LAX. So we call the Los Angeles, whatever it's called, the animal control. And we, uh, somehow we get somebody on the phone. We probably had to leave a message and they called us back or whatever. But so animal control tells us, oh, no, we cannot help you. We do not move living wild animals because they're wild and apparently they have rights. If the animal were dead, we would come right out and take care of it and dispose of the body. But the fact that it's living, it's not our jurisdiction. So I interpret this as, right, should I say it, the city of Los Angeles kind of saying, if someone were to kill this raccoon, we could totally take it off your hands. But you, someone would have to kill it first. Now, I'm not killing a raccoon, okay? It's not happening. But I don't know how to get rid of a raccoon. And our backyard is walled off. So first of all, I have no idea how it got in, right? Because it's walled. It's walled and fenced and gated. The whole thing is, right? It's, we have a dog. It was, so the dog couldn't get out. And so people can't get in and murder me in the night when I'm supposed to be resting up so I can take care of wild animals in the morning. So 
I'm pretty sure I started the process by throwing rocks at the raccoon. Now, not big rocks. Okay, not boulders or anything. We have gravel. I just, this is a wild animal, so I have certain expectations of its behavior. So I figure, listen, if I throw a couple pebbles at it, get its attention, it looks up, it sees there, there's a human, it will run away. It'll probably climb up the tree or up the phone pole and it'll leave because, oh no, there's a human, a human throwing gravel. So I tried this a couple times. Now, first of all, I'm not that great a shot with gravel. Gravel is too small for me to aim very well. But I plink it a couple times and it barely moves. And I got to tell you something. I don't know what to do because it would be bad enough if this was a wild raccoon that is for some reason around in the daytime. But we believe it has rabies. And all I know about rabies is that it can kill you. And to not kill you, you have to get like 37 shots, I guess, in the stomach. That's at least what they told us when we were kids. 37 shots in the, right in the stomach. So I, I think there was a lot of stewing and arguing and discussion between me and the girls. Hudson wasn't really involved. I don't know where Hudson was. Uh, about how to get rid of this raccoon. And this went on for a couple of days. Where this thing, what it would do is I would stop looking at it. I'd go in the house and I'd talk to the girls. And then later on, I would go look and it would be gone. And then I'd realize, oh, it's not gone. It's just not under the tree. It's under the phone pole. We have a phone pole in our backyard and it would be over there. Or sometimes in the night, I would think, oh, it must have left in the night because it's nocturnal. Maybe it got its crap together in the nighttime and it went. But it never would go. It would just move back and forth from the tree to the flagpole. So one morning I go out there. It's not under the tree. And it's not under the flagpole. So I'm thrilled. This thing finally effing left. This rabid, stupid, know-nothing raccoon that won't just run away. It really, wild animals irritate me. I think you've figured this out by now. When they don't run away from humans. It really irks the crap out of me. That's why I have such a problem with possums. They won't just run away. So I somehow realize, oh, no, the raccoon is not under the tree and is not under the phone pole, which are far from the house. It's actually closer to the house now in the garden. We have a garden. Did you know we have a garden? And I don't mean a food garden. I mean like a plant garden, indigenous-ish plant garden. And it's in there kind of hiding between a couple of trees and on top of the, what do you call it? The mulch. It's mulch. It's mulch resting. So I get really pissed off and I think to myself, okay, I am going to get rid of this GD thing once and effing for all. Because now it's close enough to the house where I bet if I get the hose and the hose works on everything, right? If I get the hose and I squirt this stupid rabid raccoon with the hose, it'll run away. So I get the hose and I turn the water on full blast. And now I'm really thinking I go and I open our back gate and my plan is, well, of course, I'm going to squirt the raccoon. It's going to get upset and it's going to run around until it goes out the back gate. 
right? It's going to see, oh my gosh, there's this big obvious opening, a hole in the wall, and it's going to go. So I get the hose out and I pull it as far as it'll go that I'm comfortable with. Because again, I don't know how PO'd this, I'm trying not to swear. I don't know how PO'd this thing is going to be when I squirt it. It might get really upset and come for me. I have no idea. So the water is on full and I turn it on jet because I'm not messing around. It's got one of those handle things on it, you know, where you got shower and soaker and, blah, 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 and jet. I've got it on jet. And I'm going to jet this stupid raccoon. So I jet the raccoon. And the raccoon barely moves. So I get a little closer because I'm getting more upset and a little more irrational. And by a little more, I mean a lot more irrational. And I jet the hell out of this raccoon. And it finally sits up. And it looks at me. It stands up on its hind legs, and I'm not joking, it starts taking a shower. I'm jetting the raccoon in the dead center of its chest, and it's rubbing the water all over its body. Like, this is the greatest spa experience of its life. And I'm trying to, now, right now, I'm trying to squirt it in the face to see if that'll do. No, nothing. It just starts rubbing its head. It's shampooing in the garden. It will not run away. Well, now I'm furious. And the only thing I can think of is, aha, okay, wait a minute. Okay. I have a two by four somewhere left over from who knows what, probably when they built the studio in the garage, right? I've got an eight foot uncut two by four. I'm going to, I'm going to whack this stupid raccoon. I'm going to shove it and whack it until I get it to run. And I'm going to get it to run out the, uh, the gate. So first of all, any foot two by four is a little unwieldy. It's not exactly a tennis racket. So I'm running around with this jousting pole of a two by four. And I finally get to the raccoon and I kind of give him a little shove. And he's like, hey, what are you doing? Man, I'm trying to take a shower, put the water back on. And I'm like, no, I'm not putting the water back on. I am going to shove you out the gate. So I shove him again. And he's finally getting the hint like, oh, okay, this guy means business. So I shove him again. He finally starts running and he starts running towards the gate passes the gate and runs over to the, of course, telephone pole. Favorite spot number two. Now, I do not remember how I got him away from the telephone pole. He must not have gone between the telephone pole and the wall. He must have been kind of near the telephone because I start shoving him again. And I'm trying to get him now in the middle of the backyard. So he'll see the gate is open. So finally, after shoving him probably seven or eight times, he sees the gate, he runs out the gate and starts running down the street. So I'm thrilled because that's my plan. My plan is if I can get him to go out the gate, see, he'll run down the street, out the other street, the back street, and he'll run and be somebody else's problem. Or better yet, he'll just camp out in one of the weird little areas behind someone's house on that street behind us, right? That's all I want. I want him to cross the property line, run down the road and find a bush or something to hide in. So I've shove him 
whatever, seven or eight times. He goes out the gate. He takes a left. He starts running down the street. I'm thrilled. But he only actually gets about three or four steps, and then he climbs the first tree he sees. The tree that's growing exactly on the property line between me and my next-door neighbor. Now, you know, Corey, Corey that lived next door, he doesn't live next door anymore. That's a whole other story. But Corey had sold his, or was selling his house or something. So they weren't living there, but it was Corey's house. So this stupid raccoon, instead of just doing what I want, running down the street and hiding under a bush, he climbs the tree. The tree that overhangs half my backyard and half Corey's backyard. So this is not the best situation. So he climbs up the tree a little bit, and I'm out of my mind. Let's just be clear, okay? I'm out of my mind at this point. And no animals were hurt in the creation of this story. But I'll admit he climbed up the tree, and I didn't know what to do, but I was really out of my brain. So I admit I sort of banged on the tree with a two-by-four to kind of scare him. Now, he's wide awake now. He's not his old lethargic self. Like, he's on. And he keeps climbing higher and higher in the tree, but not eight feet high, which means I can still kind of reach the branches that he's on. So I keep whacking the branches. Now, at this point, Hudson comes out because he's wondering what the hell I'm doing. And by the time Hudson comes out, this the raccoon is on a branch way out at the end and the branch is bobbing under the weight of this raccoon. Bobbing and bobbing and bobbing. And now I have a choice to make. Do I continue to terrorize this raccoon or do I just leave it alone and it'll eventually climb down and who knows, hopefully it won't go in my backyard? No, it's too late. It doesn't even matter what I do because now I've run the thing up the tree and out the branch. The branch is wiggling and wiggling. And as he's going further and further, next thing you know, he's hanging from the branch like a cartoon character by his front paws. And it's going, going, and finally he falls. And there's a sound that sounds like a sound effect from Bugs Bunny. Because it's the sound, like I thought it would just be the sound of him hitting the grass or the astroturf over there or whatever, right? But apparently there were um, some like Japanese style ornamental flower pots or bonsai trees or something. So he hits and it just makes this racket like bing, bong, bing. So now I'm starting to feel bad because... By the sound of it, I could have killed this raccoon, and I really don't want to do that. It would solve a problem, but it would create another problem because I would be a raccoon killer, and I don't want to do that. So I go and I grab the ladder. I put the ladder up. I look over Corey in my wall, and the thing is lying on the ground, but kind of like half sitting up like a human would do, with little birds chirping around its head. Tweet, 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 tweet. So it was fine, but it was at least at Corey's. And Corey's had no people in it. My, I had people. 
So I guess the, the moral of this story is that tenacity sometimes sort of pays off, sort of, if you don't mind comically injuring a raccoon. So I was worried about the raccoon. And so every probably two hours, three hours, I would go look over the wall and see if it was okay. And there was a period where I thought maybe we had lost him. You know what I mean? Because he was being very still, but he was in a sleeping position. And at that distance, because the walls, you know, six feet or seven, whatever, however many feet, I can't see if he's breathing. And I'm sure his effing F not going to go over to Corey's and go in his backyard and shake this raccoon. Luckily, it, it lived. It lived. It went away. Corey never saw it. It must have somehow left Corey's and gone elsewhere to have rabies. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know what, what is even the responsibility of someone that thinks that there's a rabid raccoon in the neighborhood. Like, I didn't know if I should put out flyers, the last thing I would ever do. Or just hope that the thing finds a bush on the right side of a property line and it just sleeps there until whatever happens to a rabid raccoon. Okay, so this thing keeps happening at work. So I have a job now. I have a job where every day I go into an office and I do a job. And I'm there from 8-ish to 5-ish, 5.30-ish, 6-ish every day. Then I have this job. And I wear slacks and a shirt, like a button-up shirt or a polo shirt, which I despise. But I have this job now, okay? And we'll get into that at some point. But what I really want to discuss, because I need advice on this is what do you do when you're in the men's room and someone's talking on the phone? Now this happened to me two or three times in one week. So I go into the men's room and this is not scatological. Okay. So relax. But I go into the men's room and someone's at the urinal and someone's in the big stall. You know, we have a big stall, big handicap stall. There's a normal size stall. I shouldn't say normal, that's horrible. You know what I mean, a small stall. There's a big stall, small stall, urinal, sinks. So the urinal and the big stall are occupido, right? So I go into the little stall. Now, as I'm locking the door, somebody leaves the urinal. So now it's just me and big stall guy. And I'm just about to begin taking care of my urinary business. And I realize the guy in the stall is on the phone. But see, he's sitting and he's in the stall and he is. So what do I do? Because if I begin to take care of my urinary situation, it's going to be loud because I ended up in this right in a stall. And so I stand there and I don't know what. What is the etiquette? There's never been a curb your enthusiasm about this. And th th so I have no guidance whatsoever. But I'm standing there ready. I'm ready. Like systems are ready to go. And this guy is talking on the phone and I don't want to be the jackass who 
makes it obvious to whoever he's on the phone with that it's, he's in the bathroom. And I don't need a stranger to hearing, right? Hearing me pee. And the same thing happened later the same week under, I think it was literally the same circumstances where I end up in the stall and you know the problem, right? Ladies, if you're right, the, the problem is guys don't sit down to pee. We stand. And so there's a distance issue, a distance velocity issue where by the time the urine reaches the bowl, it's loud. You know this. You've, you've been around guys that are, right? Okay. What do you do? Or do you just do, you just like, well, listen, if you're stupid enough to be on the phone, in the bathroom, I don't know what your problem is necessarily, but apparently if you're that stupid, then yeah, uh, it's not up to me to keep a secret. I'm just going to go for it. But why are people talking on the phone? I Listen, I understand if you're in the bathroom and you're checking your email or you're checking TikTok or you're doing whatever things on your phone, because I hear people in there laughing all the time or whatever. That, that, that doesn't bother me at all. But when I know that your microphone is open, I can't take care of my business. And do you, are you addicted? Are you addicted to TikTok? Because I am. And I swore I would never be. I swore when I first heard about TikTok, I wrote it off as, oh, this is just, this is for teenagers dancing these weird herky-jerky dances. They speed up the footage. It's just this weird, bizarre thing. I don't want to get involved. And I don't remember why I revisited TikTok. But it takes a while for the algorithm to kick in. So when I first watched TikTok, TikTok was just the herky-jerky kids. Right? And then TikTok started showing me videos of pimples being popped and people dressing hooves, 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 you know, cow and horse hooves, people shoeing horses. It was pimple popping and horseshoe shoeing, shoe shoe, right? And what was the other thing I said? Herky jerky. Now the herky jerky teenagers eventually went away. The herky jerky teenagers were replaced by herky jerky age appropriate ish ish women, like over twenty one women who do seductive herky jerky dances, I guess, and really want your attention. Really look you dead in the eye, and they want you to watch them dance. And the algorithm, it, right, it knows down to the nanosecond what you're lingering on. And apparently I was lingering, as any heterosexual male would do, I assume, on the dancing bikini girls and hooves. And, and apparently dentistry. I get a lot of dentistry. Do you get those? Where they're, they, they must find homeless people who have never brushed their teeth. And then they scrape the plaque off their teeth in a close-up. Have you seen that? So that is now my TikTok. My TikTok is hooves, herky-jerky bikini ladies, and dentistry. And it took me a long time to figure out, oh, the herky-jerky, the, the bikini girls, 
ladies, women, they're women. Okay, let's be clear. They're women in bikinis or they're doing that thing where they're wearing a big sweatshirt and then they play that sound effect, the boom, and then they rip off their sweatshirt. Do you get those? It took me months to realize they all have OnlyFans. This is all just an advertisement for you to give them like $7 a month or whatever it is to see them, uh, I guess, without the bikini. I don't know. I've never signed up for OnlyFans. But that's what it seems like 90% of the women on my TikTok, at least, again, you could have a whole different, you could have like holy TikTok where it's just Bible verses. I have no idea. But TikTok, yeah. TikTok knows you and they know me and they know I want to see dentistry and bikini women, apparently. And pimple popping and now impressions, too. I told I had to tell it. Listen, every once in a while, can you just show me a guy doing impressions, please? Back off a little bit on the seductive ladies and just show me a guy doing a good Mark Wahlberg something. I feel like it's entrapment. You know, people talk about uh, pornography as being, uh, what's the term? Like, you know, uh, injurious to women. Like, uh, uh, you know the word. You know the word. I don't have to say the word. You know the word. To women, whatever it is. Um, which it is. But I feel like the OnlyFans thing, they're <laughs> they're entrapping us in some way. Like, I've been so tempted to give them my credit card just to see like really you're gonna take off all your clothes you are all right part of me's got to see that but I can't do you can't do people people must right people must do that all day long so I've I've got about 15 more minutes left before I have to go somewhere and I'm trying to think of what to tell you about Okay, yeah, let's just... Oh, it's, so, so, I want to tell you about a movie and its connection to The Bitterest Pill and my obsession with this movie. So, my son went and saw... I mean, he goes now, right? Now that things have loosened up. We, um, he, he goes to the movies every once in a while with his friends. And he came home one night and he said, you know, I saw this movie. I really didn't know anything about it. I loved it. It's called uh, RRR. I don't want to tell you that much about it, he says, but, but I think you'd really like it. And he didn't, that's about all he saw. He didn't really sell it, but he said, it's this like three hour movie. It's from India. And so far I'm like strike two. I don't see that many Indian movies. I like the idea of watching Indian movies, but I don't typically watch Indian movies and three hours just sounds like forever. If you took a right a story and broke it up into 10 hour long episodes, I would watch that. But something about a three hour movie, it just it, it always feels uh, like too much. So one day I noticed that this movie, RRR, is on Netflix. And I figured, perfect, I can check out the beginning of this movie, see if I'll like it. No commitment. And there you have it. So I start watching this movie, RRR, and it's on Netflix, and it's from India. And it starts kind of 
the first, like, let's say five minutes, suspend disbelief, you know, suspend uh, uh, judgment. But I watch until I meet the first of the two main characters and I'm hooked. And then I watch the introduction of the second main character and I'm worried that this might be my favorite movie ever made. It So I watched, eventually, I didn't watch it all that, that day. I watched it all the next time I sat down to watch it. it. It has action. It has bromance. It has romance. It has evil English people. It has, did I say action yet? I need to say action like five times. It has CGI animals. It has everything. But here's the really weird thing. So I'm watching it even the first morning. And I'm just watching along. And there's a scene where there's a big ceremony where they're going to award somebody, uh, a couple of these soldier policemen guys, an award. And I realized that the guy who is the English head of all the policemen, who's announcing the awards looks super familiar. And I realize it's Mark Bennington, whose name you probably wouldn't recognize. But if you're a longtime listener of these recordings, Mark Bennington used to be a headshot photographer in Los Angeles. And he was the headshot photographer I was working with on the day that Mongo got hit. Were you around for that story? So, yeah, Ma, so I was having my headshots done in L.A. This was years ago. This is like the first year or two of the bitter's pill. And somebody rammed into my Volvo and we called the Volvo Mongo and yada, yada, yada. And Mark Bennington was the guy that was taking the pictures. And then I ended up going back and taking the rest of the pictures on another day. And my daughter was with me and she ended up waking up and crying and we got all these great shots of me holding my daughter who was uh, a couple years old at that point but here's mark bennington in this movie or this indian action movie a guy who's basically part of the show so if you so okay so i so number one i recommend rr number two like we know mark bennington the guy who plays i think is i think the character's name is cunningham although they never i don't think they ever actually mention his name So I become obsessed with this movie. I've now watched it at home twice. And then for my birthday, Hudson buys tickets to a screening at the Chinese theater in Hollywood because somebody thinks it should be nominated for an Oscar. So we end up going to this screening in the Chinese theater, which is probably the biggest movie theater I've ever been in. It, I don't even know what's going on over there. A thousand, it was sold out. A thousand people are in attendance. It was like watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show in the 80s. People knew every word. They knew every motion. They knew when the villains were coming, when the heroes were coming. They knew people start dancing during the big dance. Se- there, of course, it's an Indian movie. There's a dance sequence. So if you get a chance, watch this movie. And there's really not much of a story to tell. It's just I think you should watch this movie and know that I think you'll enjoy it. If you like action movies, I think you'll like it. It's 
Indian, so it's sort of sweet and goofy in ways that our movies never are, which made me love it even more. Okay, so we'll wrap up with this. So our thermostat broke. It stopped giving us the ability to turn up the heat. We can turn the heat down, but we can't turn the heat up. And, and it's getting chilly because it's October, November, right? So Melissa and I, my wife, Melissa and I, decide we're going to buy a smart thermostat because it's 2022. And I do a little research and I find out that we can get one for like $45, a really nice one. If we go through the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power, we get some big, uh, like a $75 rebate and then another $30 rebate. So we get this $130 thermostat for like $45. And we have to wait a couple of weeks for it, but it finally arrives. And I'm so thrilled. But I'm worried because every time you look at a thermostat like that, there's all this mention of, is it compatible with your system? Is it compatible? Do you have a C wire? And I know a tiny bit about electricity, but really I don't know anything. I know enough to kind of rewire things sometimes, but I really don't know anything. And I sure as F don't know what a C wire is. But one of the reasons we bought this particular one is it comes with, it, it comes with an adapter of some kind and instructions and I knew, all right, I'm going to have to get in the attic and I'm going to have to hook up this adapter thingy to the heater, like inside the heater of the house. And then the wires that go to the thermostat to the other part of the adapter thingy. But then this thing should work. So a couple Saturdays ago, I wait until Melissa's out of the house because I don't want any distractions. And I go up into the attic and I open up the, the heater and I see exactly where I need to attach this stupid adapter thingy, right? Now, I couldn't get – so how do I – you open the heater and then there's another thing you have to open that covers the, the board, the circuit board that I have to connect to. And my adjustable wrench won't open this thing, so I go get my socket set. There's – Half of the socket set is missing, but by some miracle, I have the right tool that I need to undo the bolts that hold this inner plate together, right? So I'm so happy. So I very carefully, because I really, for my mental health, need this to go well. I very carefully follow the instructions and I connect the red wire where the red wire is supposed to go, the yellow wire. There's a white wire, and then I think there's like, did I say yellow yet? Yellow, red, yellow, green maybe? I don't know. But whatever the I, – I, listen, I didn't think. I followed instructions. So I connect those all up, and I'm taking pictures of everything as I go because I – right? If I have to backtrack, not a big deal. I've got photographic evidence. So I get this adapter thing all hooked up, and then I go – back down the ladder to the hallway and I hook up the mounting plate. Okay. But I don't want to screw the mounting plate to the wall because I don't want to make a hole in the wall before I know this thing is going to work. Cause again, they keep saying, is it compatible with your system? And our system used to be super old and now it's a little bit newer, but I don't, 
it doesn't have a C wire, so I don't know if this is going to work. So I don't mount the mounting plate. I hook it up to the wires and then I put the thermostat on the mounting plate and it just kind of dangles from the wall and it's not working. And I remain calm. You would have been very proud of me. I remain calm and I look in the instruction book and the, the instruction book says, now listen, there's a chance that you have to put that plate thing back together on your heater for this to work. So I go back up the ladder and I look at the circuit board and sure enough, next to the circuit board, there's a switch that when you put the plate, big plate cover thing back on, it pushes the switch and engages the switch and must power the system and you can use the system. So I put the thing back together up at the heater. I go back down and there's power to the thermostat. I'm so thrilled. So I download the app that goes with the smart uh, thermostat. I register, I do all that stuff. I pair the thermostat with the app and with the this and with the that. And I'm able to check the temperature in the hallway, adjust the temperature of the heater, turn the heater on and off. Like everything seems to be working. And I am thrilled. I am thrilled for the first time in probably two or three years. I'm so happy because something has gone right is something's gone right, and I really, 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 really needed it to go right. So I go back up in the attic. I put the heater completely back together. I close up the attic. I come back down. I put, I'm putting the ladder away. I'm putting the ladder in the garage, and I think to myself in that moment of doubt, you know, Dan, you didn't mount the mounting bracket to the wall you just put the thermostat on the mounting bracket what if you need the mounting bracket to be on the wall to get enough leverage to get the mounting bracket separate from the thermostat what if you have created a situation where the mounting bracket now will not come off the thermostat what are you going to do and so walking between the garage and the thermostat i get myself all torqued up and I'm so worried that this isn't going to come apart. So I look at the thermostat and I see the little lip where the two pieces of plastic meet, right? So clearly all I have to do is pry right here in this very obvious spot and it's going to come apart. And I'll, when I want to show everything to Melissa because there's this I don't know, decorative plate that she may not want me to use. So I don't want to mount the whole thing until she comes home. I want to make sure it's working before she gets home, but I don't want to mount everything until she gets home. Well, now I've decided I really need to know if I can separate the thermostat and the mounting plate before she gets home. This is bad. And so I try to pry the two things apart and it's not coming. And so I look on the other side and there's another one of these lips. And so I figure if I pry that one and that's not coming with my thumbs, you know, so then I try to do both at the same time, and it's not coming apart. So then I decide, okay, I'm going to very carefully, very calmly try to pry it apart with a screwdriver, which I do. I try to pry it apart with a screwdriver, and it's not coming apart. And it is, of course, marking the plastic with the damned screwdriver every time I try, but this, this thing, will not, it won't come apart. 
Now, what am I going to do? How am I going to mount this thing on the wall? Is it just going to hang by wires for the rest of my life if I can't get the mounting plate off the back of this thermostat? So I'm getting myself in an effing frenzy. I can't get it apart on the top. I can't get it apart on the bottom. And then I start to kind of take it apart. It's starting to come apart, but it won't come apart. I finally, with all my might, now that it's started, I figure, okay, I'll just, with my hands, right, I'm going to pull as hard as I can. So I shove my fingers in the little bit that's open, and as hard as I can, I pull on this thing, and it comes apart a tiny bit, but it won't, it's not coming apart. It's not coming apart, and the thermostat appears to no longer be working. And so I go to the app and I try to adjust the temperature. I try to wake it up. I try to turn it on. I try to turn it off and it's not working. And I haven't succeeded in separating the wall plate from the thermostat. Melissa comes home. I don't want to talk about it because I am literally, I'm not kidding. I'm out of my mind at this point. I don't want to talk about it. But I tell her, yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I'm having some trouble with the thermostat, but it looks like it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It, 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 I, got it, I had it working. It's going to be great, but I just got to look something. So I finally have the right the, the uh, peace of mind or the whatever of mind. I finally come down from my craziness to Google, how the hell do you get the, the mounting plate off of the back of the thermostat? I find a little information and all the information is like, oh, you just pull on it and it comes right out. I'm like, no, it doesn't because I've been pulling on it for 25 minutes, a half an hour, 45. I don't know what I've done. I think I destroyed it, but it's not coming apart. But I keep seeing this thing like, yeah, just take like a pair of pliers or whatever and pull on the back. So I'm like, OK, I guess I'll try that. Then I see right as I'm giving up a little notation from someone that says, now, whatever you do. Don't try to separate the black part from the white part. And I think I know exactly what that means. And I think I know exactly what I've been doing. I've been doing exactly that. I've been grabbing the lip between the black part and the white part and trying to get those two parts apart. So I go get my pliers and I'm going to do what they suggest. And I take the thermostat in one hand. And I take the pliers in my other hand. And before I even try to pull the mounting bracket off of the thermostat, I realize I have just spent 35 minutes trying to open the thermostat. I have been trying to open the thermostat, not remove the mounting plate from the back. Because as it turns out, if that's all you're trying to do, you just take a pair of pliers and hold the mounting bracket and it comes right off. I have been trying to rip apart a $130 worth of thermostat and wondering why I couldn't do it. All right, that's it for this edition of The Bitterest Pill, the 2022 edition. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you in three years. Um, I really hope that I can get this to you. I really hope, uh, yeah, that, that the site is so hacked, or not so hacked that I can't 
put the show out. If not, I'll just email it to everybody individually somehow. I don't know how I'm going to do that. But anyway, listen, thank you for listening. Uh, I really needed to bring this back together. Um, thank you to everybody, by the way. And this is no small thing, but thank you to everyone that reached out over the last couple of years and said, hey, when are you going <laughs> to recording? I hope this lived up to your expectations. Um, yeah. And um, I guess the Patreon thing is still going. So you've got until the end of November to take your name off the list if you're on the list of people that still are signed up for Patreon. But the Patreon Patreon uh, patrons, 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 uh, continue to make the show possible. Uh, take it away, fake announcer voice. The bitterest pill is made possible by its generous patrons. Patrons like... Alex Mirabelli, Brahm Lasagna, Dan Kuykendall, Dave, Hall of Fame, Jackson, David Chase and Gerard Cortez, Edward Nothnagel, Flores, Harold Goldner, Jay Salvastano, Jeff Short, Jim Cariotis, Megan, Mike Scott Hamilton, Peter Chase, Rob, New 80s Music, Uzen, Sean Othan, Sean Stewart, Tom Carroll, Mr. Disneyland himself, Paul Barry, Dr. Robert Rice, and the moderator. Help Dan keep the show going. Become a patron of The Bitterest Pill today. All right, thank you so much for downloading. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you'll hear from me sooner rather than later, I hope. I really got to go, but... um, Yeah, take a look at thebitterestpill.com and see where I am with the de-hacking of the WordPress site, okay? Okay. All right, next time we will talk about uh, what... Uh, we'll see. We will see. It's only three years worth of stuff to go over. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. The Bitterest Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. Thank you for listening. If you're thinking of starting a podcast of your own, you should host it on Libsyn. Use promo code PILL. I don't remember if there's a discount. <laughs>